The round of 16 continued in style tonight with two heavyweight encounters. In London, 2006 finalists Arsenal and Barcelona played out a classic and the match winner was a very familiar face. Messi now steps up, left-footed, strikes and scores. And surely now Barcelona have done enough to set them on the way to the quarterfinals of the UEFA Champions League. Meanwhile, in Turin, Juventus produced a stunning comeback to hold Pep Guardiola's Bayern side. Mandzukic first to chest it down, helps it over the top of the Bayern defence. They had it by Morata, and there's the finish! There is the equalising goal! Juventus have battled back from 2-0 down! All the best analysis and reaction from both of Tuesday's pulsating encounters to come as we hear from Sami Khedira and Aaron Ramsey. Plus, we look ahead to Wednesday's round of 16 matches with PSV hosting Atletico and Manchester City in Ukraine to face Dinamo Kiev. So stay with us right here on UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. Welcome to the show, I'm Rob Tady. We've been treated to another great night of UEFA Champions League knockout stage football. Tuesday's round of 16 first legs finished like this. Arsenal nil, Barcelona two, Juve two, Bayern two. And we'll begin by looking at our featured match in North London, where Arsenal faced the holders Barcelona. Richard Kaufman describes the action. To the feet of uh, Neymar. Neymar up to Suarez. One on one with Koscielny. Plays it beautifully inside to Neymar. He's got Messi inside. Can he find him? He can. Chance. Leo Messi. 1 0. Barcelona have the vital away goal. And you know who has done it again. Leo Messi. It's a poor clearance by Medesaka. Down goes Messi. Penalty, says the referee. It's Messi up against Pedicek. He's beaten Czech for the very first time this evening to make it 1-0. Messi now steps up. Left-footed, strikes and scores. And surely now Barcelona have done enough in London to set them on the ways once again to the quarterfinals of the UEFA Champions League. Well, Richard Kaufman, our commentator for the game, joins us now, and I'm alongside European football expert Chris Parrott. Uh, Richard, starting with you, what was the balance of the game up until that first goal? Because I think that's telling. Very, very tight first half. I think uh, you wouldn't say either side were on top. Very few goal-scoring opportunities. One at the very end of the half for uh, Luis Suarez, but some opportunities for Arsenal who were looking dangerous. Second half had a very different feel to it. It became uh, a little more open, uh, certainly more risk taken by Arsenal. Barcelona looked ever increasingly dangerous. And there was one or two pivotal moments. Fantastic save from Mark de Stegen to deny Olivier Giroud. And then, well, we've been talking about them in the build-up to the game. Messi, Suarez, Neymar, and of course, Leo Messi. Well, they all combined. Brilliant counter-attacking football. Uh, Leo Messi, of course, uh, finishing it all off. And once that first goal went in, you feared there would be a second goal that Arsenal would concede. And it was a rather sloppy goal for them to concede in the end. Uh, as you heard in that commentary, uh, a mistake by Merzaka, compounded by Flamini. And what a horrible first contribution to the game for him after coming on as a substitute. And now the fact that it's 2-0, it's a brilliant, quite brilliant away result for Barcelona and more doom and gloom at the same stage of the competition for Arsenal. 
Well, I suppose Chris will look at it and say Arsenal, when they did get their chances against the European champions, they ultimately didn't take them. Yeah, and it was the only thing missing in that opening 70 minutes from Arsenal because I thought tactically Arsene Wenger got it spot on. His players performed with those tactics really well. They had the opportunity. Giroud couldn't have done much more with his header. Testegen made an excellent save, but once that first goal went in, and they'd already had a chance before that, which Czech made a great save from Neymar. And then after that, well, you always felt there was going to be a second goal and, and it, it came to Barcelona. And I think that's, that's the killer blow. And you saw the way that Luis Enrique celebrated off the bench, 2-0 up, he knows his team. Well, he'd back his team every day of the week to see that through in terms of the tie. And there were other chances for Barcelona. Messi uh, obviously got the two goals, but Suarez hit the post. Mm. And Petr Cech in injury time made a great save yeah. from uh, Neymar's header. Otherwise, it would have been even worse for Arsenal. Uh, let's get the thoughts of Arsenal midfielder Aaron Ramsey. Yeah, I thought first half we did really well. We created a few opportunities. And against a side like that, you have to take them. Uh, we didn't today and we got punished for it. You know, we're... Is, uh, it was always a tough task to, to keep the front three quiet and um, you know, Messi came up with a couple of goals, so uh, it's going to be tough for us now. You know, going to the new camp is going to be uh, uh, difficult for us to go there and, and to win um, you know, by two goals or more, but um, you know, we still have belief. Aaron Ramsey sounding a, a touch dejected there and it's understandable because the round of 16 might be Arsenal's undoing again. Yeah, same old story, you know, they struggle in the group stages when you think they would potentially win the group. They finished second. Obviously, last season they lost uh, at home to Monaco, seasons before that to Barcelona and Bayern München. And, and here we go again. They lose the first leg. They, they still have a chance. Listen, there's still 90 minutes of football to come, but you know where they're going and you know who they're playing. <laughs> you don't fancy their chances, do you? Yeah, and the other thing, because Arsenal did play well, but from Barcelona's point of view, they found a, they found a way to win a game, which, which was problematic for a long period. But when you have that front three, Rob, they're just within the space of 10 seconds, they blew the tie out of the water with that counter-attack. And, and yes, maybe you can be critical of a couple of Arsenal players being out of position, but it, it was just, it was so quick from one it's end of the other. It's a great execution, actually. It's just perfect. As, as I said, just when you thought, they should pass it, they'd do it. Just when you thought that, you know, it was it was outstanding from them. And what a result from Barcelona. 2-0 away win, Dreamland. Let's hear from their goalkeeper, Marc-Andre Ter Stegen. I think uh, it's not against uh, a team which is uh, really high in the Premier League. Um, they they made a, a good match, a good performance of Arsenal. But um, we had the opportunity to score, so... Um, we, do, we use uh, or we need one, one chance sometimes and this is uh, for us really important. I think the rematch will be, will be really hard and we have to keep the con concentration high and uh, after this, when, when we won the rematch as well, then we can uh, celebrate. But at this point, uh, we just can, can be happy about our performance here in Arsenal. Patrick Cliver, the former Barcelona striker, says well-deserved victory. Messi decided the game, but Iniesta was Amazing. Uh, Richard, what further reaction are we getting to this one? Yeah, Messi himself uh, has said it's a great result away from home and a very important result, but the second leg is still to come. Uh, and on the flip side, Per Mertesacker said, uh, we had to score at one point here, and that's why we do not deserve anything. You will never keep them quiet for 90 minutes. We took more risks and then they scored. We had enough chances to score at least one. We have to concentrate on the Premier League now. In one month, we face Barcelona again and we still have a chance. We never give up.
That's really interesting from Mertesacker because at 0-0, we did ponder during the commentary, would Arsenal be happy with that? And they did seem to open up slightly and, and that would indicate for Mertesacker that it was intentional if, if they felt they had to score. And, and ultimately, that gave Barcelona more space, more time, and they were the team that got the goal. Yeah, it's easy to be smart after the event, but 0-0, as Arsene Wenger said prior to the match, would not be a bad scoreline. But he obviously felt that there was something offensively to get out of this game. Unfortunately, it backfired. It's Barcelona who take that two-goal cushion back to the new camp. Uh, yeah, very interesting uh, result on the night from Barcelona, who, who got the 2-0 victory. If you're, if you're Arsene Wenger now, Richard, in that second leg, how do you play it? Because he's now, he's in a very tight title race in the Premier League, still in the FA Cup with the replay against Hull to come. Do you go full strength at the Camp Nou and try and get those goals? Uh, I think you have to, don't you? This is the UEFA Champions League. This is the biggest club competition in the world. You just don't know. They've gone to, to, to Bayern München and got a result. Ultimately, not a result that got them through. They've gone to Monaco and got a result. And ultimately, it's not got them through. But <laughs> listen, they've got to play the match as if they have the belief to win it. Because ultimately, if they don't, then they can concentrate on trying to win the English Premier League. And there's still a few more months to come for the season after that match in March. So focus. it's, it's 190 minutes. Unlikely that they're going to see the result they require to beat Barcelona. But... Listen, this is an Arsenal side that got to, they show tonight there's talent in that team. And, you know, someone like Danny Welbeck coming back from injury, he looks fit. There may be one or two other players that will be uh, coming back as well. It's not completely dead and buried, but I don't think we'll find too many listeners who will say, yeah, Arsenal can do it. Uh, Richard, thank you very much. Get thinking about your man of the match because we'll be asking you that very shortly indeed. Uh, next, we go to matters in Turin, where Juventus took on Bayern in their round of 16 first leg tie. Match day lies Phil Blacker watch this one. Ian Robin to run at Evra. He's into the penalty area. The cross is too deep for Lewandowski. Douglas Costa arriving. Chances for Mololo! And the breakthrough goal is for Bayern. And they have made their pressure pay just before half-time here. It's Lewandowski who brings the ball under control. He has support from Muller. Robin is arriving into space as well. Checks in field. Onto the left foot. Robin goes for goal. And Robin scores a wonderful goal. It's a second for Bayern here. And what a difference it could make to the tie. It's Quadrado. Bala's made the run for him if uh, Quadrado can pick out the pass. Little touch there off uh, Kimmich, but still the chance to Bala's continued his run. He's in on goal, and Juventus are back in the game. Paolo Dybala with his first ever goal in the UEFA Champions League, and how Juventus needed that. Oh, well won by Pogba. He did brilliantly. Mandzukic tries to chest it down, helps it over the top of the Bayern defence. They had it by Morata, and there's the finish. There is the equalising goal. This is quite incredible. Juventus have battled back from 2-0 down to level this one up on the night. Stefano Storaro has only been on the field a few minutes, and he has got the decisive touch from right in front of goal. It's 2-2. OK, let's speak to uh, Phil Blacker now on the show. Phil, that wasn't bad. Wasn't bad at all, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyable UEFA Champions League game. I mean, I mean, did you think they would do that? 
Did you think it was dead at 2-0? At 2-0, I did not see that coming at all. I'll, I'll certainly hold my hands up, and I don't think I'd be the only one that thought Bayern had uh, had one foot probably in the in the quarterfinals by that stage. It just hadn't looked on the cards at all. Bayern completely dominated, really, that first hour of the game, took their chances... Uh, well, some of their chances. They did have further chances, actually, in the first half to be further in front. Muller, who did make that vital breakthrough just before half-time, uh, missed perhaps at the pick of the bunch very early in the game, although the pass from Lewandowski was just a shade behind him and made it more difficult. But when Robin scored uh, an iron Robin goal, I mean, that's what he does, isn't it? Cutting in from the right onto yeah. the left foot and going across the keeper. How many times have, have we seen that? But again, the finish w was brilliant. When that hit the back of the net, I, I probably thought that was... Uh, game over, tie over, but full credit to Juventus. To Max Allegri as well, his substitutions made a huge impact. He brought on Hernanes at half-time for Marquisio. Suspicion maybe that uh, Marquisio picked up a bit of a muscle injury, uh, so that might have been uh, forced upon him. Hernanes, I thought, was excellent second half. And then the, the two substitutes that, that followed, Alvaro Morata, he made a difference when he uh, came on for Dybala, having, of course, already got his goal. Uh, and then Morata's header went across the, the face of goal, and there was uh, the other substitute, Storaro, unlikely goal scorer, really popping up in that position to make it 2-2. And Juventus had chances after that to go on and win it. You know, both teams actually could have got uh, the uh, decisive fifth goal of the game. Maybe you could argue on the balance, certainly in the second half, that would have been a little unfair, but what a second leg we should have to come as well after that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we move on, let's uh, hear from uh, Juve midfielder Sami Kadira. After 60 minutes, it, uh, I think it will be a good result for us. Definitely the first half was not uh, good enough for us, but uh, then in the second half we came back like, like a big team and um, yeah, this is why we are happy for the, for the draw. Bayern Munich, they have a fantastic team, but also um, the, especially we on the second half, we, we, we made a, a big game. So um, I think it was also for, for us players a, a nice game, but also for, for the supporters and for, for all the, the, the guys who watched the game. Phil, a lot of the talk during the game on social media that we were getting was certainly the Max Allegri perhaps tactically didn't get it right. Was there any big tactical masterclass move that saw his side pull their way back into this round of 16 tie? Not initially. I think the, the biggest change really was, was in the, the mentality. We saw that maybe at the end of the, the first half just after conceding because I always felt at nil-nil, although Bayern were dominating and, and at that stage of the game they had over 70% of the ball did the away side. We saw Quadrado and Pogba working back diligently, doubling up almost as, as additional fullbacks, challenging really Robin and Douglas Costa to find a way past them. And they seemed to be relatively content at that stage to let Bayern have as much of the ball as the visitors had. As soon as that goal went in, it was a different story. So I think maybe it was the, the mindset that changed. But then from 2-0 down, at that stage of the game, you didn't really sense it was coming. The Dybala goal that got them back in it, and what a massive moment in the match and potentially in the tie that was. It came really against the run of play. You didn't sense beforehand that the goal was on the cards. After that, though, something certainly changed. Juventus were, were flying forward, and those doubts, I think, in the Bayern defence, remember, so badly hit, missing three central defenders, didn't really have a, an out-and-out -out central defender available tonight didn't Pep Guardiola they hadn't necessarily needed them earlier in the game all of a sudden those doubts can we withstand this came to the fore with the tide turning the fans getting behind their side as well all the momentum at that stage was with Juventus I think you have to credit Allegri maybe more so for the substitutions that he made and the impact that uh, Morata and of course Storaro stealing the headlines with that equalizing goal had on the game rather than any tactical switch because there wasn't really a defining moment in that sense in the game. It was just the players rising to the occasion. Uh, OK, let's get the thoughts of uh, Bayern goal scorer on the night, Ian Robin. If you're winning, if you're in front, if it's 0-2 away from home, 
Um, then I think, um, and that's what you also noticed in the, in the dressing room, I think, disappointing because um, if you control the match that well against such a great team, uh, then you have to finish it well. And um, yeah, that's what, what was lacking a little bit in the, in the last half an hour. They kept uh, press, uh, pressing uh, more and um, yeah, we, we have to stay cooler then. Uh, the thoughts of uh, Bayern midfielder Ian Robin, who scored the most Robin-y goal <laughs> of his uh, career. Phil, 2-2 uh, uh, still a great scoreline ultimately for Bayern. I know that the nature of it will be disappointing. What reaction, what other reaction are we getting to this game? Yeah, they, they're still really in the, the box seat, aren't they, with those two uh, away goals. Philip Lahm, the captain, it was his 100th game in the uh, UEFA Champions League. He's kind of echoed what we just heard from uh, from Arjen Robin that it was a very good game. Juventus is a strong team, he says, that fought back because of our faults. Uh, but we can definitely build on the first 60 minutes. We controlled the game, had a lot of chances and didn't give uh, anything away. So a, a similar assessment, really, to Arjen Robin. And we've uh, heard from the Juventus goal scorer, the man whose strike really made such a difference and got them back in the game in the Thai Paolo Dybala, his first in the UEFA Champions League. He says, we knew it would have been tough, but I think we did well tonight. We gave everything we had. We never gave up. Admits that it is going to be very difficult in Munich, but he says we know that we can make it with our heart, especially if we play like we did uh, in the second half tonight. And I think that really did come across in that second half performance. It was the, the heart of Juventus, the collective belief, how deep they had to dig that has given them a chance. Still may be an outside chance, but a chance of, uh, of going through to the quarterfinals. I mean, Phil still ultimately buying favourites. By favourites, absolutely. Those two away goals against the Juventus side that, that give absolutely nothing away. Puts them in a, a position now where any sort of a win in Munich in three weeks, they're through to the quarterfinals. Not going to be easy. We've seen that tonight. It was never going to be straightforward against Juventus. They have to forget maybe the last half an hour, focus on the position that they're in, and that is still one of uh, real strength in the tie, I think. Uh, Phil, thanks. Uh, get thinking about your man of the match. Coming up, we're going to look ahead to Wednesday's round of 16 ties next. Atletico go to Eindhoven to face PSV. And Dinamo Kiev hosts Manchester City. You're listening to UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. Decimos no al racismo. No to racism. Nay de racismo. No al racismo. No al racismo. No to racism. Lionel Messi, Gareth Bale, Robin Van Persie, Franck Ribéry, Edinson Cavani and Kevin Prince Boateng are just a few of the UEFA Champions League stars saying no to racism. European football united against racism. Respect. This is Match Day Live with me, Rob Daly. Two more great games on Wednesday in the round of 16, starting with PSV against Atletico. We've got full commentary on the show from 19.30 Central European time. And Steve Wyatt's going to be our commentator for this game. Steve, surely Atletico going to this one a favourite. I think it's fascinating, this one, Rob. Yes, uh, based on what we've seen from Atletico over the last couple of seasons, which is the quarterfinals, and of course the final of the season before, you would say... They've got the pedigree, they've got the, the recent prestige of, of what they've achieved in Europe. But PSV have made a fantastic return to the UEFA Champions League after a nine-season absence. Uh, they won all three of their games at home in the group stage. And that's why I feel it's a bit of a, a toss of a coin game, Rob, especially with PSV being at home first. If they can get the victory on home soil, as they proved during the group stage that they are more than capable of, and of course if they can cope without their top scorer, Luke de Jong, who's suspended then they might just fancy their chances of springing a surprise. Steve, I was going to say, Luke de Jong, top scorer in the Eredivisie. That's a, that's a big blow not to have him, isn't it, for PSV? 
Yeah, a couple of goals during the group stage, 23 in all competitions, that they are heavily reliant on his goal-scoring prowess. So it just puts a little bit of pressure, Chris, doesn't it, on, on the rest of the team, on the rest of the players to try and make amends for that. They lose the focal point of their attack. But uh, I, I saw them during the group stage a couple of times against Manchester United. Very impressed with them. They beat United 2 on a home on match day one. They got a very credible uh, draw at Old Trafford. The only time uh, they, they picked up a point on their travels during the group stage. So they've shown they can raise their game against big-name rivals in the, the UEFA Champions League this season and, and perhaps they can do it again tomorrow night. Uh, Steve, Atletico are in the Tartar race in Spain. They, they continue to, to do well despite players moving on. How does, how does Diego Simeone do it? Well, I, I love that. He's, he's been speaking, uh, Diego Simeone, head of the game. You know, they're, they're not out, out of the title race in Spain yet despite the eight-point deficit to Barcelona with just 13 games to play. And, of course, they don't play Barcelona again before the end of the season. So it does look quite a gap uh, mm. to make up, but he has had a phenomenal run, not, not just in terms of longevity, over four years in charge now of the Rocky Blancos, but uh, what he's done in the Champions League, reaching the final two years ago and, and going all the way to the quarterfinals last season. In fact, it's only taken two really good performances by Real Madrid, hasn't it, over the last couple of years to deny them. They've won the Europa League, the UEFA Europa League, as well as... Um, uh, the domestic cup and, and they've just become a real force really challenging Barcelona and Real Madrid's superiority in uh, the Primera Division so he deserves an awful lot of credit and it'll be interesting to see whether this is his final season Diego Simeone with Atleti he's been linked with so many other jobs hasn't he? Uh, Diego Godin and Stefan Savic return to the weekend I mean for, for an Atletico side that doesn't concede many how, how big is that? Yeah absolutely yeah, they've got a phenomenal record particularly with Diego Godin something like 13 clean sheets in 24 Champions League games when he's in the side. I mean, that shows you how, how crucial he is to them. They might also have Augusto Fernandez back from uh, what looked uh, a month or so ago to be a very serious knee injury. So whilst we reflect on how PSV will cope without Luke de Jong, uh, Atleti getting some key players back just at the right time just for the resumption of the UEFA Champions League. Uh, Steve, thank you very much for joining us. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Steve Wyeth, our commentator for PSV against Atletico. The other game on Wednesday is Dinamo Kiev hosting Manchester City in Ukraine. Ian Dante will be commentating on that game and we'll speak to him in a moment. But first, let's hear from the Manchester City camp. Manager Manuel Pellegrini shortly with first Pablo Zabaleta. We are 100% focused on the game tomorrow. It will be a different game, different competition, so hopefully we can perform well enough to, to get a good result. We're coming from so many games, but, you know, I think physically and mentally we, we, we have to be fresh for tomorrow and we, we can we can play 100%. We are now thinking and trying to improve. We did uh, the last two years arriving for the first time in the round of 16. Now we won the group, and then the group stage, and we will try to continue knowing that we have a difficult game tomorrow. The important thing that the, the performance of the, our important players tomorrow is to have a good performance, to try to, we know that it's a, it's a game of 180 minutes, it's just the first leg, so for me the important is more the performance of the night. Manuel Pellegrini there, Pablo Zabaleta before that, those two speaking in the pre-match press conference ahead of their trip to Dynamic Kiev. Ian Danta does join us. Now, Ian, considering City's woes in the FA Cup and the Premier League, how vital is this game for their season? Well, considering that Manuel Pellegrini is, as we all now know, the outgoing Manchester City manager, I think personally, Rob, the one thing he would love to finish up with 
is winning the UEFA Champions League and kind of handing things over to Pep Guardiola in exactly the same way that your Hankis did at Bayern München by winning the thing and then, you know, walking out on the club and, and giving Guardiola food for thought before he's even taken charge of a single game. But look, he's got one hell of a task on his hands to win the, the UEFA Champions League outright. Although this tie is very intriguing. Dinamo coming off their winter break, having played a, a competitive fixture. There's always that argument that teams can be a little undercooked. But uh, Manuel Pellegrini has got to get this right. Otherwise, uh, lots of people will look at the very different selection he made for the FA Cup exit at Chelsea on Sunday in this team and say, well, what was the point of that? Ian, it's the first time they've been favourites at this stage, Manchester City. I've seen Joe Hart talking about them believing they can go all the way. What what different pressures did that bring? Because they were massive underdogs against Barcelona in each of the last two seasons. Well, I guess that could work in their favour. We have to remember that Manchester City, as a UEFA for Champions League force, have been growing and growing over the last few seasons. Under Roberto Mancini, they didn't make it out of the group stage. They just made it that little bit further going out to Barcelona, for example, in the round of 16. So you can see the underlying trend of progress from season to season. So, you know, getting to the last eight would represent a, a good sign of progress in Manchester City fans' eyes. But you, you do have to be wary of these trips to places like Kiev, where Dinamo, you know, are a very obdurate side, but they do have talent, of course, when you've got players like Yarmolenko in your side and Husiev, you've, you've got players who are capable of unlocking differences. And if there's one area of Manchester City that provides constant cause for concern, it's the defending. Can Manuel Pellegrini find two centre-halves at the back that he can rely on from game to game? He's got Otamendi, Dima Chalis, Vincent Kompany, uh, Mangala. He can't seem to perm a decent two for those four. Ian, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Very good point. Ian Dantel will be our commentator for Dynamo Kiev against Manchester City in the UEFA Champions League on Wednesday night. And tune in from 1930 CET on Wednesday night for live coverage on UEFA.com and the UEFA Champions League app. Uh, let's quickly uh, turn our attention back to Tuesday night action. Arsenal nil, Barcelona 2. Let's hear from Arsenal's manager next, Arsene Wenger. I felt that uh, we suffered a little bit at the start of the second half, but after, in the last, just before we conceded the goal, we looked on, on top and uh, capable to push for to score. And uh, unfortunately, we were very naive. We know we knew exactly before the game. We have worked on that. We cannot give them transition, uh, con contra-attack. What did we do? And uh, exactly the same went against Monaco. And I felt we were absolutely guilty uh, on, on that on our first goal. It's difficult to understand uh, with the experience we have at the back to give him a goal like that. Uh, Arsene Wenger disappointed with the nature of the goals as Barcelona got their 2-0 victory. Richard Kaufman was our commentator for the game. Richard, have you picked your man of the match? And if so, who's, who's your guy? Well, you're all going to be extremely surprised by uh, the fact that it's uh, a certain... Don't say Lionel <laughs> Messi, the World Football of the Year, uh, 82 UEFA Champions League goals now, eight of them. Uh, by the way, against Arsenal. Yeah, Messi for me. Match winner, scored the two goals. It could have been a couple of other players. I thought Iniesta was good and there were some positive performances from some Arsenal players, but Messi for me. OK, uh, Juve 2, Bayern 2 tonight as well. Phil Black, your man of the match. 
Tough one to call this, Rob. I couldn't really pick anyone from Juventus because it was such a collective performance from them. So I've gone for Roy and Robin just shaded it because I think he was a threat every time he was on the ball and the goal that he scored, wonderful goal, could actually, I've got a feeling, be decisive in the course of the tie as well. And his coach has just alluded to that. We've heard from Pep Guardiola. Satisfied, he says, with the performance. We played well for 90 minutes, not just 60 minutes, and we showed character. So I've gone for a Bayern player and for Ryan Robin. Uh, Phil, thank you very much. That's just about all we have time for on your way for Champions. League match day live. It's been another great night in the round of 16 in London. Defending champions Barcelona outpowered a determined Arsenal side thanks to that man Messi. While in Turin, Juventus recovered from two goals down to salvage an impressive draw against Bayern. Make sure to join us from 1930 CET on Wednesday. PSV Eindhoven against Atletico and Dinamo Kiev, Manchester City in Ukraine. So until then, from Chris Parrott, Richard Kaufman, Phil Blacker, and myself, Rob Daly, goodbye. Ian Robin to run at Evra. He's into the penalty area. The cross is too deep for Lewandowski. Douglas Costa arriving. Chances for Mololo! And the breakthrough goal is for Bayern. Robin is arriving into space as well. Checks in field. Onto the left foot. Robin goes for goal. And Robin scores a wonderful goal. Ball has made the run for him if Quadrado can pick out the pass. Little touch there off uh, Kimmich, but still the chance to ball has continued his run. He's in on goal, and Juventus are back in the game. Mandzukic tries to chest it down, helps it over the top of the Bayern defence. They had it by Morata, and there's the finish. There is the equalising goal. This is quite incredible. Stefano Storaro has only been on the field a few minutes, and he has got the decisive touch. It's 2-2. To Neymar, he's got Messi inside. Can he find him? He can. Chance. Leo Messi. One 0 Barcelona have the vital away goal. It's a poor clearance by Merdesaka. Down goes Messi. Penalty says the referee. Messi now steps up, left-footed, strikes and scores. And surely now Barcelona have done enough in London to set them on the ways once again to the quarter-finals of the UEFA Champions League. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.